Hey Talk Murder to me, it's Marty here, longtime listener. Since y'all are in South Carolina, surely you've heard of this killer with a moniker that's perfect for the balmy days of summer we're in. Talk about heat waves, this guy is a basket case and had a totally unique murder weapon. Let me know what you think of the bikini killer. Jen. Thanks. We missed you. I missed you too. I was so excited to be here today. Um, I was an hour early. <laughs> That's awesome. I know. I know. I had texted you to when to make sure you were on your way. And like five minutes later, you rang the doorbell and we're here. I was like, wow. I didn't know. I, ha- I didn't have my phone. Like I usually have my phone plugged in at all times. But now I'm just like, I don't know. Um, also, this is the first show that all of us are in the same decade. That is true. I never thought of it that way. Um, How does it feel to be 30? It sucks because I had a really shitty week at school. <laughs> I know those things Was the don't... hangover particularly rough as well? It was a little rough on Sunday, <laughs> um, but I, I was also like hungover and had to go into the school to work. Not at, I wasn't working. It was Sunday. The school was not open per se i just had to go work on some stuff so it's not like i'm showing up to school with kids all hung over <laughs> i uh, mean no judgment no no but... i mean i definitely crossed paths with a co-worker like middle of the week who was walking in and i was walking to my car to get something they're like i have the worst hangover ever and i'm like okay it's tuesday <laughs> when i'm hungover, i truly can't do anything it was like in the morning it was tough i didn't even go to church last week because I was just, I just felt so sick. Like, so welcome everyone to talk murder to me. My name is John. I'm here with Jen and Nikwees. This is a. Why well, am I explaining it? Oh man, I forgot how to podcast. <laughs> Fuck. You're, you're not even the one who was Jen, off last week. Jen, I was. Jen takes a month off for her birthday, and then we forget what we <laughs> do. Month. It was one day. <laughs> And, uh, oh, well, before we get into the surprise shots, I will welcome our newest tacos. Whoop, whoop, Hang whoop. on, let me go just get my list, make sure I get everybody. Okay, we have Ashley, Stephanie, and Matthew have joined us. Wow, thanks, guys. Thank you for supporting us. That's my brother's name, Matthew. Matthew? That's a good mm. name. And today's surprise shot is dedicated to Elizabeth. Hey, Elizabeth, this is for you. Um, she has uh, upped her membership to support us. Wow! To watch us live. That's awesome. Surprise shots! Surprise shots! We don't know what they are because they're a surprise. Do y'all like our new shot glasses? I Can do. you see them? They're skulls. Skull shot glasses. Sweet tea vodka by um. Firefly. Firefly. I added a little something else to it. Ooh! Cheers. A little peach schnapps on Ooh, top. Oh, I like that. You shouldn't have added that. What do you mean? It was like peach iced tea. You, it was you nice. You kind of ruined good. it. Well, I know last week I, I took at it. least one shot of the sweet tea whiskey. Welcome to the Talk Murder Me podcast. My name is John. I'm here with Jen and Nicole. I put all my sources, photos, videos on talkmurder.com. You can go there. This is episode 252. This is a request from one of our... Uh, Supremos, one of our good friends. Well, actually, it's it's Jen's favorite fan of ours, and they have interacted many times. 
and there has been some words exchanged <laughs> between <laughs> between him and her. Listen, Marty, I don't appreciate you calling me a charity case. You think I don't read YouTube? She said he said basket case, not charity. No, case. he said charity case. <laughs> I'll take basket case. I'll own up to that. But I am not charity case. I mean, was, also, was this related to the ice? <laughs> also, he was like telling people where I worked, which is not cool. Tonight, if you're a Supremo or uh, one of our supporters, we do have the video for you guys. But tonight we are going this apartment complex right here, the Reserve at Clemson University. Oh! A little bit about Clemson. Clemson University. If you're a a northerner and you ain't down here in the south you really don't understand the appeal of college football but no i did not understand it i can concur with that statement i still don't really understand it to be honest with you you know honestly like i just try to stay neutral i think i'm more clemson than a usc but like i neutral it's that's a hard one for me because um my cousins went to usc and my grandmother, God bless her, Blanche, fucking Blanche. love that lady. She, rest rest in peace, she would love to walk around the mall in South Shore Plaza in Boston where representing the USC. And it just said Cox, super huge on her sweatshirt. Yes. Oh, my God. I, I don't say, know if she like really like understood, but I guess she did because it's Blanche. I, th- I think, okay, so I think I've just decided finally that... For football season, I root for Clemson. For basketball season, I'll root for USC because the women's team is amazing. And actually, the coach at USC coached the women's Olympic team. So this is the killer. That's cool. This is the killer right here. Stop it. (laughs) What if he is? It kind of looks like it. It could be. So we're at Clemson. There's a lot of people who went to Clemson that live in this area. Yeah, and Charleston. Oh, yeah. I mean, look, the Clemson flags on the... No, no, no. I'm just, I'm saying, I mean, here, like where we live, not not in Clemson, like, of course. John's parents went to Clemson. It's a big, both of them? A big thing. I knew they root for Clemson, but I didn't know they both went there. Yeah, yeah. so my parents are from Clemson University. Did they meet there? Fuck, I don't know. Why don't you ask them? What am I? You don't know how your parents met? Some kind of match? Wait. Advisor? You don't know the story of how your parents met? To be fair, I don't really know the whole story about my parents either. It's kind of sketchy, but you know, we, my mom has a secret life. So didn't you? That's true. Your dad met your mom in Nam. I thought. No, my dad met my mom <laughs> at a bar in Long Island. So just doing the zoom out here, you can see a lot of the cars are even orange. So those are like this. Yeah. This is the dorm complex apartment. Yeah, th- this is the reserve apartment at Clemson, and you can. Kind of describe the apartment complex for us. I mean, it's just an apartment. I mean, it it's looks nice. There's yeah, a pool. It's nice, but like, it's... shit, if I went to, like, I mean, this looks like an adult, like... A co- apartment, yeah. Yeah, adult is apartment complex. Is this like yeah. an upperclassman housing, or is it just kind of like off-campus housing yeah, that people, off, yeah, that uh, anyone can live at, but it's mostly Clemson Yeah, people? exactly. We had something like that in, at, at Quinnipiac. Can you describe this girl for us? Um, Probably, you know... Early 20s, maybe 22, has dangly earrings, blonde, blue eyes, very pretty. Kind of reminds me of Weiss Witherspoon. Reese Witherspoon. Yeah, a little bit. I can see that. Um, but yeah, probably like what, like a junior or senior at Clemson or maybe a grad student? Yeah, she's actually a junior. Well, she's starting her junior year. In that picture? Yeah. So who you're looking at right now is 20 year old 
Tiffany Marie Sowers, and Sowers is spelled S-O-U-E-R-S. I've heard that name before. Well, maybe because it's, you know, pretty close to here. Mm. So we are going to May 26, 2006. That's funny because by the earrings, I was going to guess 2008. What do you mean by the earrings? Well, people, I mean, the dangly earrings, it's not like as much of a a thing. Center part also. Which is coming back. Don't understand why, but, you know. I'm going to get into Tiffany's background in a little bit, but she was, she is the victim. She was extremely intelligent and she was found murdered on May 26, which if you're thinking on May 26, it's summertime. Shouldn't, why is she at college is because she was taking summer school classes Mm -hmm. for the sole purpose of graduating one year early. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So she is not even from here. All of her friends and roommates, they're all back to wherever, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the students are not from the area. They, they come from all over the world or the the U S. So she is staying around just to graduate one year early. And where is she originally from? She's from St. Louis. I'm going to get into all that. Yeah. Actually, I'll just get into it now. Tiffany Marie Sowers, 20 years old. She's a junior attending summer school. She is an engineering major from St. Louis, Missouri. Okay. She was living on the first floor apartment of the Clemson, of the reserve at Clemson. And this is on West Main Street in Central. She's attending summer classes so she can graduate early. Her program is civil engineering. So I said engineering. Mm -hmm. Civil engineering is like planning for cities and stuff, right? I think so. It usually takes five years for anyone to complete that program, but she wanted to graduate in four. And there's one reason that she wanted to do that. And one reason she's taken civil engineering, which I'm going to get into. Tiffany Sowers was what her family in the papers, referred to as a, quote, serial do-gooder, end quote. I mean, that, what a waif to be thought of. That's good. Yeah, that's so awesome. I, I, do-gooder. So, doer? Do-gooder. Do-gooder. It's, it's just a weird, weird term. So she is constantly helping out in local charities. And the reason she switched her major is so she can be the one who sets up these big projects for charity and and raises money she wants to be the the person that manages and can really drive positive change in the community that was her mindset so unfortunately just like another case we covered which is very similar in my mind at least uh eve carson both of these victims here could have put in a lot to society and unfortunately they were taken away really early so It is not the bad people that get killed, it seems. You know, it's always the good people. Because if she wasn't so motivated to help people, she wouldn't even be in this apartment. Well, only the good die young. I mean, the bad people die too. It's a Billy Joel (laughs) song. He's coming. He's No, wait. James Taylor is coming to the (gasps) North Charleston in uh, November. Ooh. You want to go? I kind of do. All right. I know John would not want to go. We'll go. But I would see James Taylor. We'll talk. I think Billy Joel is coming to Charles uh, to to Charlotte. Dashboard Confessional is coming as well. Um, uh, John said he would go, but I feel like he is 
reneging on that one. I don't know much by then, so you. Uh, but my hopes are so high that you kiss might kill me. I just don't like all the people, man. Yeah, I understand. I Too many well, people. hairspray is coming in December. I gotta find someone to go to with me to that. Let's talk about her last steps. It was a Thursday night when friends dropped her off, and it wasn't even that late. And this is Thursday night, so in South Carolina, it's college night. But it is summer, so there's not a... Graduation probably just happened. Yeah. yeah. So her friends drop her off at her apartment before midnight. And the reason they remember that is because she actually texted right before midnight, you know, I'm safe. I'm, I got into my apartment. Everything's good. I'm going to bed. And that was the last text anyone's ever got from her. What she didn't know is there was a man that had actually been waiting for her Ooh. the whole day, which I, Oh, the more I thought about just it for her, just for her. Yeah. That's creepy. I don't like that. It was a man that she didn't know. Yeah, it's really creepy. If you think about it, the next time you go to a bar with your friends and remember, there's no one, there's no roommates home with her. You know, these college kids have multiple roommates, but they're all gone back to their states. She was having fun with her friends, getting dinner or whatever. All the while, there was some man that she didn't know actively waiting for her to come home mm. because he saw her earlier that day passing by. This is a random uh, man. He saw her that day as she was on the balcony of the apartment. And I showed you the apartment. So kind of reminds me of Jamie Kloss. Mm. Uh, I don't think she was Different. random, though. No, wait. Who, which was the one that was random? Uh, Jamie, from what I remember, he was like, he was studying her on the bus. Her. Yeah. yeah, but that was for this. As you'll see, was this is just like a one time thing that the guy saw her. Yeah, yeah. This guy's not even from here. See, this is the thing. This is what makes me glad that I have Murphy, except for the fact that he's a very people-loving dog. So, like... They don't have to know that. <laughs> he's a fierce German shepherd, ready to attack anyone that comes to the door. Sure. I'll go with that. Yeah. 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 I mean, we can't even say that about Stella. Like, she'll, bar she'll bark and howl, but as soon as you walk in the door, Stella... Pet my belly. Oh, yeah. She's, she's a crazy girl. What do you guys think about that on the, for you YouTube guys right now? Like, do you ever think, because Nicole said that the other day, y'all don't have to worry, guys don't have to worry about it. And it's true, yeah. like, we don't have to worry about it, like, just walking into Walmart or something, or just wherever, we don't really worry what about it. What were we talking about? I was talking about how I had mace, like, a thing on my keys. You do? I should get that. And, actually, it's, like, not even attached right now, but, like, women are taught, literally taught, to put your keys in between your knuckles mm -hmm. so that you can, like when you're walking to a parking garage or you're walking mm -hmm. to your car, you got your keys out between your knuckles and you're ready. I mean, a it sounds great, but dude, unfortunately, it does not work that way. Okay, it's, because it's I, better than not having anything. I know, but there's got to be a better solution because yeah. if you're getting, if you're about to get attacked, because <laughs> in, in that scenario, Okay, I got my keys. Oh, there's an attacker. Boom. Boom. But that's not how it works. Someone is watching you. They're not going to announce themselves. Hey, I'm going to attack you. I'll give you five seconds. No, but at least it, it, if I'm struggling, I am at least I have a shot of getting like maybe I can gouge him in the eye with my keys. Like that's the goal. There's got to be something that that alerts 
They they make that thing that sounds the, the, the real loud. There is like an alert necklace and has, stuff like that. that no, they you have keychains now. It's yeah. called the chirp. My friend has one, and I wanted to get one. I mean, I feel like as a female, I probably should have one and be concerned. But I also feel like as a giant human, like I'm, I, I don't have as much cause for concern. <laughs> like I feel like most males are smaller than me. Yeah, the average size. They, is what, they're you know like, I, mean? I wouldn't fuck with Jen. Well, I mean, the killer tonight was waiting for her and which is really eerie if you think about it she's at dinner having a having a good time and then oh man i am like stuttering you're fine you're doing fine jen this month off you took really messed me up i missed one week (laughs) what are you talking about (laughs) i missed one week is there another beer yeah i will also take another beer i'll take which one would you like um i'll take a lefty lucy since it's chilled this one, yeah. Which one do you want? What's the Lefty Lucy? Is it's that an IPA? It's really good. Nicole has one. You want to oh, taste it? We usually call that the Stranger. Your left hand. So what you do is sit on your hand, your this left hand. That. Here, taste it. I'm teaching you how to do the Stranger. You're gonna pour that over my computer? No, I'm gonna hand it to you so you can taste it. It's your wife's. It's not even mine. On May 25th, Tiffany's friends drop her off at her home. This is before midnight. She texts them back when she gets in the bed. Thanks for the great night. I'm home safe. Everything's good. The reason she's doing that is because it is summer break and everyone else, including all of, all of her roommates, are gone. And mm. honestly, half the apartment's probably gone. Yeah, the, the whole the, complex uh, the is complex, probably, probably yeah. empty. Yeah. So on May 26th, the next day, her former roommate comes over to the apartment. And I also saw that the former roommate was also the ex-boyfriend. But... He comes over to drop off his key because he's no longer he no longer needs the apartment key. And he is the one that finds her body. He's not the killer, but he is the one that finds her body. She is found on May 26, 2006, by her former roommate. She is found dead. This is around 2 p.m. She is strangled to death. She is the only thing she is wearing is her shirt from the night before. And she is completely naked. She's actually not even on the bed. She's on the apartment floor, just kind of tossed on the floor. Around her neck is a bikini strap. Her own bikini was used to wrap around her neck, and then she died of asphyxiation. That's terrible. So the the killer we're going to talk about tonight, his moniker is the bikini killer, even though this this was technically the only murder he's had, unless he had more and they don't know about it so mm. so this guy's name is jerry buck inman and i'm going to show you a picture here in a little bit but if you want to read this nicole around 1 a.m inman enters the apartment by climbing over the porch rail where he had seen her standing earlier in the day r39 tr29 well you don't have to read that damn it what the hell <laughs> People i was like <laughs> i don't know what it is <laughs> Room 939, Terrace 29. No. So what you I don't know. What well, is that? All right, hold on. I'm start over. Hold on. What you're, reading, what you're reading right now is from the court documents when Jerry Buck Inman was caught. So this is from his arrest. His middle name is Buck. Buck, yeah. He enters the victim's bedroom, wakes her, and they struggle. Inman binds the victim's hands. He then asks for her pocketbook, ATM, and credit cards. 
after finding the items, he sexually assaults the victim and kills her by tightening a bikini suit top around her neck. Inman then flees the apartment. Man, that's that's tough though. Like the like bikini straps are not usually very like stretchy. They're stretchy. Yeah. That's wow. Ugh. Yeah. I don't know. I guess he just wrapped it around a couple times, I imagine. I mean, there's no photos or the autopsy report's really not even available. The autopsy report, it is it is uh, referenced quite a bit in the police reports, but I couldn't find the actual report itself. So anyway, let me go over her background again. Uh, just the things that I didn't hit the first time. At the time that she was in summer school, she was also working in an Easley charity. Now, Easley is the town... That's where your parents live. Yeah, my parents yeah. live in Easley, which is next to Clemson. So you got Easley and then Pickens, very country name, Pickens. Slim Pickens. You guys know that Freddy's place that's in Easley that we went to that one time? Yes. There's one coming to Somerville. Oh, ice cream. Not downtown, though. It's like on Dorchester, but you still haven't been to the cute little downtown. She was extremely intelligent. Math and physics came natural to her and she was actually helping some of the other students uh with their studies she was the top of her class this is engineering and like i said before the reason she wanted to do this is because she was such a good person she wanted to devote her life to making the world better which is really sad her best friend and roommate holly bergman who was out of town described her death as quote like losing a sister End quote. Another roommate told reporters that she had such a contagious laugh and all the all the family comments and everything like that. It's all about the same where this is just a tragedy. She was such a great person. She loved being with her friends, her mother said, and made them in the civil engineering program and the Kappa Kappa Gamma sorority. She also had friends on the football team, Bren Sowers said. Bren Sowers said she and her husband, Jim, wished they could have another 20 years with their daughter. But for the time they did have, there are no regrets. We didn't leave anything out in her life, she said, and she didn't either. Wait, Bren Sowers is the mother? I think so. She was the first to give a hug, but the last to let go. Her friends, Erica Cooler, Ashley Ellis, and Christina Morello, wrote in a poem read at the services. Everyone should strive to be that person. Yeah, that's really nice. Like, that's a nice way to describe her. How, yeah. What kind of person she was. Yeah. She graduated from Villa Duchesne High in Missouri in 2004. She was very giving. In high school, she actually... Now, this is crazy. This is going to really piss you off about this. She was such a good person that in high school, when everyone else is skateboarding and skipping class and selling dime bags of weed, and then they get called into the principal's office, and then... Are you just relaying your own high school experience? <laughs> yeah, because my high school experience didn't sound anything like that. Nope. Okay, when everyone else is doing their things in the summer, especially in high school, and playing video games or hanging out or whatever, she actually bought a book she actually bought a book on sign language and she studied the book over and over and over until she learned sign language for the sole purpose of quote teaching deaf children about butterflies end quote now 
That that may sound weird, but these deaf children no, were so nice. No, you know it is. I know, but teaching about butterflies. But the deaf children were in a nonprofit camp for kids called the Butterfly House. Aww. So she learned sign language for the sole intent of going and helping out at this nonprofit organization and teaching these kids about the butterflies. So that's and that was in high school, man. That's you know. so kind. I have really been like, I really want to learn ASL. That's on my list yeah. of things that I want to do. It seems hard but fulfilling. One of my oh friends yeah, we from got college. this. Um, oh yeah, there's like this thing. I don't know how good it's going to be. It's like a Netflix, but for foreign languages. For foreign languages, they got Russian. Babel. No, it's not no. Babel. They got like Russian, French, Italian, stuff like Italian. that. But it's like Netflix. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Italian. Italian. They got Germaine. So Germain. it's like it's like Netflix or Hulu Spanish. where you you watch where you watch real shows like real. Like one had that one girl on it, uh, Catherine Zeta Jones or whatever her name is. Yeah. But they're Sal real. Hayek. They're real okay. shows on Hulu and stuff, but they're all translated in both languages. And you can pause the show and click on any word and it it will just, you know, tell you what it is in that language. So it's trying to help you learn a language by watching TV. Like yeah. immersion. Yeah. Yeah. Which is people just watch TV that's all how, day anyways. <laughs> I mean, that's how like when I lived in Belgium, they like, OK, so in a popular countries where a language is super popular, they'll dub it. So like in France. Like French, they'll just dub American movies to French. Yeah, some or of these are pretty Italian good. or Spanish. Like that, that um that show we were watching, that Freud show we were watching. Yeah, like it's just dubbed. dubbed. Yeah, that one's probably on there. So, but if, <clears> like <throat> when I where I lived in Belgium, it was the Dutch side. There's not a lot of people that speak Dutch, so it wasn't worth ever dubbing those shows. So they would just subtitle it. That's how Dutch people got so it, where I lived were able to speak English so well because they learned just from watching TV. Everything was subtitled. Not the loud. only Dutch I know is the Dutch rudder. Just kidding. The rusty rudder? In klein beetje Netherlands. I don't know oh what that means. Oh my God, here we go. She's so... Worldly. <laughs> Worldly full of shit. Aufstablief. <laughs> Guys, guess what? Oh God, come on. <laughs> this is important. No, it's not. Jan, come on, let me just get somewhat through this. Her family called her a serial do-gooder. <sighs> Every summer since childhood. Now, this is since the eighth grade that I found, probably even before that. But in, in the but in the eighth grade, Tiffany went to a homeless shelter and helped the homeless people in the in the shelter, which is something like even now at thirty five, like I would. I mean, I'm not a, a shithead or anything, but like most people. You know, I don't have the time to help out, stuff like that. You know, she made the time to do this stuff. I, I She sounds like a, a great human. Yeah, but most people, they say they want to do this stuff, but she actually does it. That's what I'm saying. Well, I just said I want to avenge her death, so how do we find the guy that killed her so that we can just avenge her death? Well, he's an he's hour away. Prison? He's an hour away. <laughs> is he where Pee Wee Gaskins was? No, that place is shut down. Oh, That's why they were able to do field trips. <clears throat> you don't oh. take kids to an active jail. <laughs> I feel like, oh I feel like the, the South Carolina yeah, school system you do. would do They probably you would, do. actually. Now, no. kids, come see you where old Pee Wee was. You do. It's called Scared Straight. 
Season one, I'm on there. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Scare straight. Is that a show? Is yeah. It actually yeah. So you take kids to jail. Yeah. Is it really? Yeah. They're yeah. like, I'm going to eat you like cornbread, boy. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, oh, fuck, I'm going to be good. And yeah. they're like. <laughs> Saturday Night Live has a couple of skits about it. <laughs> they like completely changed their lives. <laughs> That's hilarious. And then there's a Maybe sequel beyond can't... Scared Street. <laughs> was that what your mom was trying to do when she showed you Pee Wee's? No, she so? just wanted to just. We, a bunch of rednecks were up there. <laughs> this is what you do. That's what you do in South Carolina. <laughs> you go see fucking. Oh my god, <laughs> guys! No, Jen. <laughs> At some point, you'll be able to get it. What has you been trying to say After for the last episode. hour? And this isn't the, this isn't even the same thought you had. Yes, it five is. Five minutes ago, it is actually. Even in high school, she would go to nursing homes and like on mass on sunday she grew up catholic she would will the elderly people to mass oh god she's such a nice person that i mean oh, the reason she's going for civil I'm a engineering good a real good person i'm a good person how about you actual song it's from crazy ex-girlfriend <laughs> so yes it is an actual song is that yes. what you were gonna say that was really important no <laughs> we'll find out later my my thought that I'm holding is actually very meaningful to me. At the time of her death, she was already planning her next event. So she's at the level in her philanthropy where she's actually desiring to organize and plan these events. So at the time of her death, she was already making the Excel spreadsheet and getting contact lists because she wanted to go around South Carolina she wanted to do a fundraiser and provide lower income schools with sports equipment, uh, with sports equipment like football helmets, pads or whatever. So she was already planning that at the time of her death. She is I mean, the reason she joined the civil engineering program was for the sole purpose of being able to organize these events, which is really terrible. This is the guy right here. If you want to describe him for us, do you think he looks like a guy that will kill somebody oh god oh i don't yeah. like him oh no. he looks mean he's got some neck tattoos bald he kind of looked like a jeff bezos but you know yeah he kind of does with a tiny like, jaw tiny yeah he's very not a strong he looks like a human version of elmer fudd <laughs> oh <laughs> my god <laughs> yes with neck tattoos yeah elmer fudd no hat neck tattoos so this is the man right here, Jerry Buck Inman. What's on his? What am I looking at on it his neck? Looks is that like a, a dog? dog? Yeah, yeah, I think it's a bulldog. That's like a Doberman or a horse. I don't know. That's it's weird. A Doberman. So this is the guy right here, Jerry Buck Inman, and side by side to Tiffany Sowers. Now the time of death, medical examiners figured out was around one thirty a.m. Now, this is a Thursday slash Friday. So the friends drop her off. She texts right before midnight. I'm fine. Around 1.30, she's dead. So right after that text is when he jumps in through the balcony. Remember, she's on the first floor. And he actually saw her that day. I don't know why. she. I guess just probably on the cell phone or something out on the balcony. Probably for three minutes. And just so happens he was driving by and he saw what he liked. So he waited for her all day. Oh, that that <clears throat> makes me very uneasy. She died of asphyxia due to ligature strangulation. That is the official cause of death. 
This is from the autopsy report. Quote, the bikini top was tightly twisted around her neck, cutting off the blood flow. She was also restrained by her wrist and her ankles. Her wrists were restrained behind her back. And the reason they know that is because she had extensive bruising on her wrist and her ankles. At first, they didn't know who did this because there was no clear evidence. There was no sign of a break-in. He comes in through the balcony. There was no sign of a struggle, even though, I mean, I'm talking about broken stuff. He basically jumped on her while she was in the bed. So they, they didn't even get out of the bed to really cause a struggle in the apartment. There was blood and stuff on the sheets, but they figured out quickly that he actually took the bed sheet with him and he discarded it as he was driving down the road. So it's pretty bad, wow. I know. DNA profiles matched this guy. That's how they ultimately found him. They found his semen on the floor of the apartment. Now, she was also found on the floor. So we know it started on the bed, the the intercourse and stuff like that, but it definitely moved to the floor. The rape, rather. The rape, yeah. The DNA matched to Jerry Buck Inman on June 5th, 2006, and this was in the CODIS National De Database. He was already a career criminal, so it's nothing new for this guy. So he's escalated, though. Yeah, exactly. Has he ever been charged with, like, an assault in his past? Oh, yeah. This guy is uh, this guy is special. Oh, okay. I'll put the photos on TalkMore.com, but you can clearly see him at the ATM machine. He stole her debit card, and you see a picture of him. He's got two bandanas wrapped around his face. That's what that is you're seeing. He tried six different times to pull out money at two different ATMs on Tiger Boulevard. He actually forgot the, the PIN number, and he admitted that he forgot the PIN number. He masked his face, but like an idiot, he pulls up to the freaking ATM machine in his car. So, obviously, the camera just called his car. <laughs> I mean, it's like, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Anyway, the Chevy Blazer that he was driving had, like, a really unique grill on it. And they actually initially matched that to him even before the DNA was a match. Uh, a pedestrian finds Tiffany's license on June 2nd around 10 a.m. just walking, which means he threw at random locations around easily. County and, and Clemson, he would just throw out the evidence, including her license. So, all right, let's talk about this guy. Jerry Buck Inman's mother said, and her mother's name is Vera McArthur, and she lives in Dandridge, Tennessee. He was actually arrested in Dandridge, Tennessee. As you'll see, he's not even from South Carolina. This is the first time he's ever been. So he was just visiting, saw her, killed her, and then went back to Tennessee? Well, this isn't the first time he would do these rapes. What he likes to call, quote, day trips. Day trips? Yeah, they're basically day trip rapes. That's what he, he does. So he is, I'm going to show you some of the other victims that survived, but we're talking about Tennessee is one, Alabama is another one. There's probably a lot more out there from different states. So that's what his kind of M.O. was. Well, he sounds like a terrible person. Yeah, yeah, he is. The mother says that 
her son is, quote, bipolar and often suicidal, end quote. And Mm. he just takes off and is gone a couple of days. He was living with his mother, Vera, at the time when he was arrested back in Tennessee. He was actually arrested at the mother's home. He confessed right off the bat, not only to the murder of Tiffany Sowers, but to the murder and two other sexual assault attacks in five days. This was the third. There was an attack in Tennessee and in Alabama, and he called them day trips. I'm going to talk about the Tennessee rape. This is going to kind of let you know how it would be like if he was to sneak into your house because he sneaks into the balcony or an open window or whatever. And it's at night. The MO is real late at night, one in the morning. This is kind of how... It would turn out if it happened to you, if it was him. This is from the Tennessee rape. The mother, a single mother, the her child, her small child, I think three years old, was in the bedroom with her. Mm. She woke up around 5 a.m. with a knife to her throat. Jeez. And this is from the a Tennessee newspaper called the Seaverville News. Quote, he tied her hands with her bra behind her back. Her little girl was crying with her knees on the floor. He unsuccessfully attempted to rape her from the rear and then turned her over, continuing to hold the knife against her neck. At that point, he raped her. He then took her to the bathroom and made her clean herself with shampoo twice. He placed her daughter and her in the bathroom, end quote. Mm. She actually came forward after the murder of Tiffany Sowers when <sighs> he was arrested and she saw his face on the evening news, you know, and it was like, wow, that guy raped me two weeks ago. Ah, that's awful. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Um, this is about the rape three years ago. If you want to read this, Nicole. Three years ago from the murder or three years ago from today? No, three... Three years ago from the murder. This is in 2006. Right. That's why I got confused. SC described an event with Inman, which occurred December 14th, 1987. Well, one second. So SC, if you're looking at this report, is just a redacted name. So it may be Sally, I don't know, Cunningham or whatever. But they redacted the name for privacy. She stated that she was awakened in her apartment by a man with a revolved. A revolver. They misspelled it like it is. She described being tied up by him and being told for her to tie her up her roommate. With a gun to her head and hands tied, she was penetrated vaginally and anally. The assault lasted 20 minutes. Her roommate was forced to watch. He took money and keys, then threatened to kill them if they called the police. As a result, Inman pled guilty to the crime. Good. BBP testified concerning a May 23rd, 2006 incident with Inman. She described taking her daughter to the bus stop that morning. She described returning home at lunch when someone had came from behind her, covered her mouth, and put a knife to her throat. She screamed, and then he placed her on the floor, tying her hands back behind her back. He stated that he found $250 after she denied having cash in the house. He then forced her into the bedroom from the kitchen. He then forced her pants and underwear down and saw she was on her period. At that point, he put her into a bedroom closet and told her he was going to take her car and stash it. After he left, he was able after he left, she was able to get her f- the phone and hit redial. 
the police determined that he had entered the house by cutting the hole in the floor. Wow. Two weeks later, she saw Emmons' photo on CNN and identified him as her attacker. Yeah, so Tiffany Sowers apparently is the first one and the last one that he murdered. So, which is good. You know, not good, but I mean, he could have easily murdered all these other women too. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about his background. Obviously, what he's like a PhD and stuff, right? No. I shouldn't make fun of this. He's a construction worker in Dandridge, Tennessee. And this is a case where you people that don't think nurture has anything to do with it, then you should listen to this because this is a definite definite case. A, a lot of these sexual cases that we cover, the sexual rapists, have been tormented as child as children. Yeah. I mean, dude, that's just how it is, man. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Anyway. He was working in construction when he was released out of prison. He was actually serving 30 years in Florida. And he's not that old looking. He was released after 17 years for good behavior, which is also called overcrowding from all the stories <laughs> we've done. <laughs> yeah. So he's, he was living with his mom and her husband He's obviously never married. He's got a lengthy, lengthy rap sheet, and I'm going to go over it here. He was convicted in 1989 of sexual battery with a weapon, robbery with a deadly weapon, grand theft auto, kidnapping and aggravated assault with intent to kill. He was arrested in Tampa, Florida when he was 16 years old. So this happened in 1989. He was 16 when he was arrested, got 30 years in prison at 16 years old. So he's fresh out the prison cell when he goes to Clemson. Fresh out, man. You know what I'm saying? So anyway, he was also convicted in a 1988 second degree assault in Boonecombe County, North Carolina. So you see this guy is not only a serial rapist, but he travels and he does these day trips. That's what he calls them. He calls them day, day trips. trips. Day mm. rape trips. Staycations to no. go assault people. Not staycation. He goes drives. He ended up in Clemson. If he wouldn't have taken exit 67 and instead took exit 64, Tiffany Sowers would have still been alive, but someone else would have probably been dead. It's completely random. He pulled into a random apartment. He saw a random girl. This is completely random. Okay, that he's doing this. And he's doing this a lot, probably a lot more than they caught him for, I'd imagine, as far as raping, not murdering. Let's talk about his childhood, because that was a probably really good childhood he had. Huh. Before the age of 10, actually, before the age of three, I, I wrote, I'll, which I'll get to in a second. Before the age of three, he was sexually assaulted by multiple family members. Oh. It's interesting to note with the murder of Tiffany Sowers, the position that her body was found and all the other, like the ones you've read with the other rapes that he has done, they're all very similar. And a psychiatrist pointed out that the reason they're similar is because that's what happened to him at such an early age. With Jerry Buck Inman, raping a woman he will always tie the hands behind the back he will kneel the person down 
and lean the person forward in an awkward position over the bed. That is exactly what happened in all the other rapes. The older sister of Jerry Buck Inman, which was two years older, so when he was three years old and she was five, that the grandfather, their grandfather, would come in, blindfold her, the five-year-old older sister, tie her hands up, and then rape her. And then, since they're on bunk beds and she had the top bunk, then he would go, this is a grandfather. Yeah. He would then go down to the bottom bunk and do the same thing with the three-year-old, Jerry Buck Inman. It was sexual abuse. She described that the grandfather would leave her in the top bunk and go to the bottom bunk. When she did not know what was happening to the Inman, she heard him crying and they were both threatened. She stated that the step-grandfather also messed with her. So that's freaking terrible, man. That is terrible. Not only that, the father did the same thing and the step-grandfather all molested both Jerry and his older sister. Same way, bunk bed, they would tie him up and just, I mean, three years old. The childhood was obviously horrible. He started using drugs heavily, using drugs. I'm not talking about dime bags of weed. Most kids don't even smoke their first joint until they're 13 or 14. You know, I would think this guy was using crack and heroin at age 10. What? Oh, my God. Yeah. Pretty fucking bad. I don't even think I knew what that was at age 10. I definitely did not. Well, you go into the bathroom and there's your your mom's crack pipe. You know, what is that? I see her always lighting it up. Let me try it. <sighs> the father, his actual father was an alcoholic and very abusive, sexually abusive and whatever goes with alcoholism and beating your children. I mean, if you, you can think of, if you can think of it, it happened to him. Now, now I'm not sticking up for this guy, but this is dude I mean, this shit fucking affects you, man. Like, he probably wouldn't have been like this if he wasn't fucking raped as a three-year-old. I don't know, maybe. (sighs) Now, the mom was suffering from paranoid schizophrenia at the time. So it was a very chaotic childhood. Jerry runs away at the age of 15, and he never looks back. By the age of 16, actually three days before his 17, three days before his 17th birthday, He is in prison for 30 years. I mean, he was living on the streets. 30 years at 16. Mm. I mean, and then and then it's like no time has passed. He basically gets out and does this. And this is another thing that pisses me off. Anyway, we'll get to that. He basically grew up in prison. He said that he was, quote, afraid of being released, end quote. Dude, I don't give a fuck about overcrowding. This is the second case that we've done within the last month that the prisoner said, I don't want to fucking get out because I'll fucking rape and kill people. Don't let them motherfuckers out. Damn, Mm -hmm. if they're saying they're going to do it, they're going to fucking do it. (sighs) Jesus Christ. They're literally like (laughs) telling you, right? (laughs) I mean, he said, quote, I'm afraid of being released, end quote. And they said, you did your time. Yeah, you're good. You did you did half you're your time. Good. Half your time. When he got out and he told the psychiatrist this before they let him out, you know, because they're like, what's your plan? They do this in the, the military too when you get out. It's like, 
What's your big plan? What street corner are you going to be trying to get change from? Podcasting. Talking about murder. <laughs> Podcasting. Hell yeah. Pod, either podcasting or selling crack, uh, one of those. And I flipped a coin and it was heads. Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, I should have said being a stripper. I have a buddy that's a stripper and he makes good money. Does he? Yeah. Legit? Like today? Yeah, oh yeah. Still I don't know about, I guess he's today, huh? Still to this day, he's stripping. Who? Yeah, who? I guess he's still a stripper. No one who hired is one doing for me this? for my birthday. Well, he lives in Florida. That's not that far. Let's go. Let's go take a visit. Fuck you. What do you mean? Let's go take a visit. Now, the sister claimed that at an early age, he started having seizures and would cry all the time. And obviously he had no friends. But anyway, what I was saying, he told the psychiatrist that he his plan once he gets out of prison, because, hey, what are you going to do? Everything going to be cool. You're not going to, you know, go rape and kill everyone. Right. He said, here's what I'm going to do, Doc. I'm going to work my ass off for two years. I'm going to save enough money to give to my mom so she can have a better life. And then I'm going to kill myself. That oh. is exactly what he said. That's uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's not good. A psychiatrist that was court appointed, Dr. David Price, an expert in forensic, clinical and neuropsychology, says that Jerry Buck Inman has dysthymia, which is depression that lasts over two years, major depressive disorder with psychotic features, bipolar disorder, bipolar disorder and psychorhythmic disorder, personality disorder, uh, he schizophrenia, disassociate disassociative identity disorder, several paraphilias, and he is a compulsive rapist. Wow. In 2012, now this is kind of wrapping up. This isn't a, a huge case, but in 2012, he got a post-conviction relief. Don't don't worry, he is never leaving prison, but he was sentenced to the death penalty initially. This is South Carolina, so. But I thought they they I thought they got rid of the death penalty. Well, at the time he got the death penalty, he didn't. Officials say Inman confessed to the murder and both attacks. We asked him why, and all he would say was that he's a sick animal. Oh, well. In 2012, he got a post-conviction relief. He was on the death penalty, hmm. and the and this has still not happened yet. As of last year, I can't find, or I didn't see any news whether he is getting life in prison or the death penalty. I guess if the death penalty is overturned, He's getting life in prison, but he wanted death. He said, hey, I'd, he said, I'm a fucking animal. I'd, I want to die. And the lawyer said, no, let's not do that or whatever. So he is in 2012. He was forced into a post-conviction relief, which was granted. He tried to kill himself several times. He tried to slit his wrist. He cut his jugular vein and he starved himself and. Even more shockingly than that, he actually one time swallowed barbed wire. Oh. And he tried to kill himself multiple times. If you remember the Albert Fish case, he did the same thing. He just felt guilty about it, about mm. the murder yeah. and all the other stuff. Uh, this is a quote from Jerry Buck Inman, and this is wrapping the case up. 
I've shown by my actions both in and out of prison that I cannot be rehabilitated, said Jerry Buck Inman, 38. I don't say any of this to be disrespectful, but your honor, in all reality, there's really only one sentence appropriate for you for someone like me. And I ask you to impose that sentence. Yeah, so that wow. is you like never see them ask no, for that because people usually. I mean, uh, I mean, there there are definitely the criminals that know that they have a problem. They're sick and they they want yeah. the punishment, but majority of them don't. That's basically the case. I mean, he's not a serial killer or anything, but he is serial rapist. I'm pretty sure he's done a lot more than five. I mm. mean, I'm probably in the hundreds. I imagine mm. that woman would have never. She didn't even go to the police until she saw his photo on CNN. Interesting. Which in, you know, which means if she never saw that photo, she would have never went to the police. Yeah. So how many people? And that is, that is at night too. So these women don't really get to make out the features of this guy. You know. Yeah. True. At night, so hmm. I don't know. That's Jerry Buck Inman. I did that for. Marty. Thanks, Marty. Well, thanks, Marty. Maybe that'll keep them quiet for a while. <laughs> Next episode for Thursday, guys. Great episode. I'm doing uh, a, a request from Malachi. Ooh, Malachi's got some good ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And let me read you uh, a little teaser quote real quick from uh, one of the newspapers. This is this should um this should get you excited about it and it's talking about the killer for the thursday episode this is a newspaper the hobart town gazette quote this killer was laden with the weight of human blood and believed to have banqueted on human flesh oh cannibal killers banqueted on human flesh kind of love cannibal ones and actually after covering Actually, after researching this this story, I don't know, man. I kind of was like, damn, I kind of want to know what the human flesh tastes like. Just, Just stop uh, it. No. <laughs> uh-uh. no. You can cut off your own finger and yeah, take go a ahead. Bite. You, yeah. Anyway, that is the uh, story of Jerry Buck in Mingo Talk More.com. This is episode 252. Also, thank you so much for subscribing to the new podcast, which is called What Happened to. That's a podcast done by Brienne of. Among the Dirt and Trees, and myself, John Perry, of Talk Murder to Me. It is a true crime podcast that ask, that covers cases, missing persons and strange disappearances that uh, a people and, and things that have never been found and kind of just vanished. The world has swallowed them whole, but it's very unique because I put the episodes to the the musical style of lo-fi hip-hop, so it's very soothing and calming, and it is expertly written by a professional content creator, which is Brienne. She does that full-time. That's why it the episodes are so good, and we got a lot of subscribers, a ton, and we are going to do a big giveaway next week. I'm going to announce that on the Thursday episode of What Happened To, and I'll put the links in the show notes, you can go to talkmore.com to find that as well. But you have to be subscribed to get into the contest. The contest we ran for Among the Dirt and Trees, we gave some lucky winner, I think it was like 
$250, worth of camping stuff. She yeah. was very, very ecstatic. And there wasn't a ton of people that entered. So don't think there's going to be a ton of people on this one. You have a really good chance, but you got to go to the podcast and subscribe. So you hear that. I'm not going to keep the contest up very long, only a week. So that's what happened to you can go to talkmore.com to find that. Also, talkocast.com is the network and just type in what happened to TalkoCast or whatever, and it, it'll come up. So anyway, that is that. My plug. P-L-O-G. Plug. Plug. Anyway, we'll see you on Thursday. And until next time, my name is John. My name is John. Until next time, good night, you lovely, lovely people.